Hey guys, welcome, welcome. Strap yourselves in because this episode I talk about the Snowden Joe Rogan podcast. Joe Rogan had Edward Snowden on, the infamous, notorious whistleblower from 2013. Is he an NSA contractor? Is he a traitor to the United States? Take a listen. You'll find out. Um, you can check out my website, tstuch.com, T-S-T-U-C-H.com. Go to my, you can email me, tayradio1 at gmail.com, T-A-Y, radio1 at gmail.com. Twitter, tstuch1, T-S-T-U-C-H-1. YouTube, Taylor Stutch. Check it out, baby. Check it out. Check it out. So the podcast between Joe Rogan and Edward Snowden was quite interesting, I should say. Boy, I'll tell you what. Um, So what exactly was going on? So in case nobody knows, Edward Snowden is the guy that is, I guess, responsible for the uh, what we would call a leak or he's a whistleblower is really what he is. Um, he blew the whistle on NSA surveillance back in 2013. It's actually really funny. Uh, listening to the podcast, I remembered almost exactly what I was doing at the time because it was quite a significant leak. And it was only uh, two years after uh, Julian Assange came on the scene. So Julian Assange came on the scene, I think in, it was about 2011 or 2012 is whenever uh, Julian Assange made his big uh, appearance and with WikiLeaks. And then in 2013, I had come back from China. I remember, I think I was like in the airport in LA and on the news they were talking about the breaking news about Edward Snowden and how he had um, released information that the NSA had basically had a huge spying program and they were working with lots and lots of U.S. companies, lots of tech companies like Yahoo and Google and all these other companies. And they were basically able to access all of our data. And at the time, the there was a lot of there was a lot of mixed feelings about him because some of us, you know, some people thought, okay, for one, it's you know, thank God somebody is telling us this is going on. But then other there was another faction, and I mean me as well, that were kind of like, okay, so I'm glad I know about this, but how much of this or how damaging is this to national security? So at the time, um, I leaned more towards – well, let's just say in 2012, I was more on the side of like release it all, release all of it. We need to know everything that's going on. By 2013, after living in China – and having more of an understanding of, you know, what uh, I would say a better understanding of the world, a slightly better understanding of the world, I was like, okay, so the United States, we do have to keep something secret. You know, the Chinese are going to be our adversaries. Um, and so is this good or bad? And I remember at the time, there was just way, way too much information coming out about it. Like, well, should I say not too much information, lots of conflicting information. So he was pretty much, at the time, he was described as a contractor for the NSA. 
and people would conflate him with people that just was basically they tried to play it off as he was a low-level contractor that somehow got a hold of the information and released it to the public and that is kind of the story that's been prevailing for a while now what happened after he released this information is he was this is from what i recall he was in hong kong and then he was in russia while in russia the us suspended his passport and he couldn't leave russia so that uh that was uh from that point on he's lived in russia and so a lot of people have pretty much been like oh look at that he fled to russia he's clearly meant harm upon the united states so he cannot be um a reliable source like we can't believe him that he actually wanted to do good for america for the united states um and ever since then i have heard numerous things about him like he's you know giving a speech here um i i don't remember the last what i heard last but i did or where he was but he did give a speech on skype somewhere not too long ago and i remember thinking this is you know what's going on with this guy i kind of figured there was something more to what was going on than what we knew so joe rogan had him on a surprise podcast last night or yesterday man i was so i was spot boy i'll tell you what i was so damn surprised to wake up look at my my uh, youtube account and see that uh joe rogan had released a podcast with edward snowden i was like what in the hell is this and uh i'll tell you what uh, joe rogan's got to be under some watch after this i think joe rogan's already under watch because he's so popular but after this boy i'll tell you what boy i'll tell you what they got to be looking at him closely now so what was said in this damn thing i'll tell you boy i'll tell you what was said basically it starts off um edward is uh he talks a lot a lot of information and let me go ahead and just give you my first my assessment of him himself i view him after this interview i view him as ex- as very credible very credible i was going to say extremely credible i would say very credible just cuz you always have to have a little bit of skepticism but um his story seems very legitimate it uh there are not to my knowledge there's not a lot of holes in his uh memory and his understanding he has written a book about it um which he has encouraged everyone to buy but that's the first thing is he definitely comes off as he's telling the truth there's not a lot of missing pieces where you're like wondering well how the hell did this happen if you were over here um or like there's not a lot of times I don't know if there was one time in the podcast where he was like, "Oh, I can't tell you what I was doing because it's top secret." He was pretty much like, "This is what I did, then I did this, then I did this." So, uh basically a little bit of background on him. He at times was working for the um the CIA and the NSA, and he had been in various roles. He had been in contractor roles. He had actually joined the military at one point. He had worked for um Dell selling equipment to the CIA. So he had been in various assuming he's telling the truth, he had been in various roles throughout the government in the intelligence agencies. 
Um, he had been, he basically, from what I recall, his introduction into the, um, into that world, it started where he was like a security guard. There's some back information like his schooling and how he got some of his technical training. Um, and when he ended up at being like, he got security clearance, was be, was a security guard, um, at a place where the NSA was working and, you know, he goes into a lot of detail about his background, but he went from that to getting into the CIA, uh, where he was doing, he wasn't doing anything crazy. He was doing IT work in the CIA. So he was just, uh, making sure that I guess, you know, servers and things like that were running and shit wasn't breaking down in the middle of the night. And from there, he basically went through various promotions, you know, like he went through different types of work. He traveled around. He said he was in Japan for a while, um, did an IT gig, uh, you know, just in various areas. And also, he talked about his time where after 9-11, he and this, – so this is before he got too deep into all these other various roles. Uh, he had joined the military and – was going into trying to get into the special operations and he went into detail about how he went into the military was in a some special ops training and while he was in the training he developed uh stress fractures all the way up both of his legs uh all the way up his uh, shin bones um and uh that it was so bad that uh, basically the doctor told him that he's either going to have to stop now and take six weeks off or they could give him administrative leave, which basically meant that he could leave the military um, without any bad mark on his record, and the military would not have to cover his uh, his health costs, his health expenses, if anything went wrong with him later. So he's had experience in um, you know he went to boot camp training to join the military, but didn't didn't go through, but spent a lot of time working in various intelligence agencies. In IT and uh, things and in that nature, and learned a lot about how um, certain things operate. And he talked about how, as he got more and more into the um, the agencies, like he talked about how in the CIA, he saw things that he thought were unethical, where people were basically putting lots of pressure onto you know small targets to get small amounts of data that really weren't worth it. Basically, uh, he saw just he started to see some unethical shit go on where people were abusing their power on like just people that were trying to go about their days in order to get information from them. And uh, but he with the way he described it was um, as he saw different kinds of problems within the CIA or the NSA, he just ignored them because it was a job. He got paid really well. He talked about how um, in the in these agencies or in any part of government, if you know IT, if you have some kind of IT knowledge, technology understanding, um, and security clearance, like you're going to make a lot of money. And so he was making a lot of money, and he said that basically, and he said that this is probably the situation with lots of people that work in the government, not just in the U.S. but all over the all over the world. And honestly, I totally agree with him. This is one reason why – this is a little tangent here. This is one reason why I love Nassim Taleb's readings and writings so much is um, 
because this is something that I've thought a lot about is uh, now that I am in more of a self-employment state, even though I'm not making a lot of money, now that I'm about to be debt-free, I'm, I'm in this mindset of I don't know how much of this freedom I would be willing to give up to go into a salaried life, whether it be – because I've had opportunities to apply to a government position or to go into another corporate gig, but I haven't wanted to do it because I like the freedom even if I'm not making a lot of money. So anyway, back to what Snowden was saying is that this is the trap people fall into, right? People fall into the trap of, oh, well, you know, hey, I'm getting a steady paycheck, what what I mean, what do you do, right? What do people do? They get a steady paycheck, then they probably, you know, they get a girlfriend, they get married, they have kids, they get a house, and before you know it, okay, you've got a mortgage, you got a car, you got a dog, your kids are in school. So it's like they got you by the balls at that point, right? What are you gonna do? You're gonna come out as a whistleblower at forty years old with um a nice piece of property, a nice family. No, you're going to you're not going to rock the boat, dude. So, basically, this is what Snowden said. He thinks this is very prevalent in the CIA. He didn't ex- describe it exactly how I did, but basically, you know, um people get hung up on their life and it's hard to come out and do anything really about it. Um let me pause right here for the sponsors and I'll be right back. Okay, so here we are back again. Guess who's back? Back again. And so Edward Snowden was talking about how he was in a really comfortable position in Hawaii. And while he was in Hawaii, he was um, a high, high level, I guess, type of administrator. So he was dealing with, um, uh, I guess, one of his functions was he had he was like a super user. It's hard to understand if you haven't been in any technical role. I'm not a techie, but when my my only corporate job was kind of tech oriented and so you for different applications and different software, um you have different permissions to do things. So it's like on your computer. Um if you want to let somebody use your computer, you could give them access uh in a different account but maybe they're not allowed to download anything off the internet. So they only have certain permissions. And maybe they're not allowed to change certain things about the desktop or change certain things on the computer. So they only have certain permissions they they can get. So a super user across like networks and administrative stuff is that those are the guys, I guess, that have access to many, many different parts above many other users and actually can grant other users access to various things on the network and stuff. Now, I don't remember exactly what he was doing, but he came across um, a... He was doing some kind of search on the network that was pretty standard, and he came across a file that was left on the network by a lawyer about a um, a project or something called Stellar Wind, I believe. And Stellar Wind was a surveillance project, I believe, that was supposed to be technically done. Um, And I guess after – I don't remember exactly all the details from there. But as he did more digging, he eventually found out – You know, he's very, very knowledgeable about a lot of the ins and outs in the history of um, the surveillance program in the U.S., 
But basically, he found out that uh, this program, which was supposed to be over, was still being engaged where there was just mass surveillance being conducted all over the United States by these government agencies. And, um, and he knew at some point, you know, he said that it had been building in him for a while that he, like I mentioned earlier, you know, he had actually said that he wished he had come out with it earlier, come out with the information earlier. But the way he described it was that after uh, 9-11, you know, we had the Patriot Act and there, um, you know, as we started, as government started to justify the more and more surveillance programs, basically the head of these agencies, um, James Clapper, I guess it, uh, the head of one of the, of a, what is it? Not the, it's the something intelligence, something intelligence anyway. Um, let me, uh, actually, you know, I can go ahead and check that right now if my computer will, uh, cooperate. So James Clapper, um, he was the head of the, he was the intelligence director, national intelligence director. So he was the head over everything. And from what I remember about this podcast is that basically, uh, people like him, and um, presidents like Obama or Bush had basically overridden other authorities, other White House authorities or other um, things that presidents or the Congress had done about security so that essentially these agencies started just acting um, almost uh, – I don't want to say making policy – but essentially saying like, hey, can we do this? And then the president being like, yes, you can. And so then they would just continue these mass surveillance programs. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff in the podcast. Way too much. There's so many details uh, that Snowden goes over. He goes over lots of history about the intelligence agencies and how they've grown over the last 20 years. And one of the things he talked about was the deep state. So let's talk about the deep state for a second. When he talks about the deep state, this is exactly what uh, it looks like to a degree Trump is trying to, to fight. So people like to make fun of the deep state. I guess some people go to the extreme and they say the deep state's like lizard people and this, that, and the other. Well, what my interpretation and what I think most commonly it is interpreted as it is people in the government who have been there who like government bureaucrats. So they could be in the intelligence agencies. They could be in all types of agencies, you know, like EPA or food, you know, all kinds of agencies where you have people that are, um, they could be mid-level staffers, managers, whatever it is. And all of these people will be there even when the president and the congressman are gone. And Edward Snowden himself described that he said that is what the deep state is there is a deep state that the deep state is the continuity of these government bureaucrats and they can be in the intelligence agencies they can be all across various agencies and they see the presidents come in and out what he said is probably a main driver for why these why these agencies get out of control these intelligence agencies is that when a new president comes in 
these intelligence agencies can, you know, they've gone through this a hundred times. They go to the president, they say, look, here are the threats, here are the potential dangers. And what Snowden points out, this lends, in my, in my opinion, this lends to his credibility. He points out that, look, there are legitimate threats out there. Not everything they say is bullshit or exaggerating. But in addition to the real threats, they, do, they know how to sell it. They know what to embellish. They know what not to embellish. They know what they can um, sell to a new incoming president uh, in order to justify these practices. He also talked about how in most cases, these are politicians coming into the presidency, so they understand how it's a wheel and deal. Like, okay, um, hey, look, we have these threats. Just let us do our thing, and you know, you won't be on the hook for it. And so he was talking about how it's almost kind of like a, a political wheel and deal process where presidents come in, they kind of get the shit scared out of them, and they're told that they need to let the you know the agencies do this and that and the other to keep America safe, and basically. Snowden described it as some of it's true, some of it's not true, but some of it's true. And so you have this process going on for actually probably the last 60 years or so, but has drastically accelerated in the last 20. So now we have a intelligence surveillance state out of control. Now, uh, and that is the deep state. So if you are skeptical about Trump in the deep state, you heard it from Snowden himself. You heard it from me and Snowden himself that the deep state is people that just want to preserve the government. They want to preserve their their place in the government. And um, this is actually a really big problem with bureaucracies and why we should take Nassim Taleb's approach of just randomly abolishing federal agencies from time to time. Um, so – he also goes on to talk about uh, phone security and internet safety in the current digital age and talk about – he brings out some really good suggestions about how uh, complicated the apps are on phones, how your phone is constantly giving out your data and information to cell towers in order to get and receive signals. And he gives some uh, potential solutions to that problem. So I highly suggest you check out that, uh, that podcast. And uh, thank you for listening to mine. And you can go to my website, tstouch.com. You can check out my Twitter, tstouch1, Periscope, tstouch1. Email me, tayradio1 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.